Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness, who are offering you the chance to get right into the heart of the Guinness Six Nations action with some money can't buy experiences. To be in with a chance to win tickets to a game for you and three mates, plus an on-pitch experience during the iconic national anthems, a dressing room tour, Guinness Six Nations merchandise, drinks vouchers, and much, much more. Simply visit GuinnessRugbyCompetition.com to enter for more details and you must be over 18 to enter the competition and of course T's and C's apply also we have two live shows left for the rest of this Guinness Six Nations one in London and one in Cardiff Uh, but we've been getting lots of messages asking us for a few more cities in the future so we've opened pre-registration for live shows in the lights of Leicester Manchester Exeter, Liverpool, Newcastle, Leeds and Birmingham. So if you want us to potentially take the pod to your hometown next season, just get on to eventbrite.co.uk now and let us know by registering there for free. Goody and Jim, how are you boys? How was the weekend? Uh, it was uh, it was a, it was a good weekend of ruggers, wasn't it Jim? Well, why are you going straight into ruggers? Well, I, you know, well, <laughs> what, what that's, what, that's what the, the what? weekend normally involves, Friday. Oh yeah, Friday. Where were we? Well, let's peel back slightly. Peel back. In the lead up to Friday... Last week, we were in Dublin for a live show, and I fell out of love with Dublin for 24 hours, but I'm back in love with Dublin again now. Why'd you fall out of love with it? I just did, just felt tired. Yeah, the next day. day. After. Yeah, next day, but um, enjoyed Dublin, and then enjoyed going back to where it all began, Coventry. The mighty Cov, eh? Yeah, the mighty Cov, and that, it was mighty. It was mightily poor for... Saracens. It but was. What about the Andy Goode suite though? How big is that? I, I mean, thought I thought it'd be bigger, I'll be honest. Really biggest one in the premiership. It's one of them where you get up on stage and you're trying to crack a joke, you know, settle the nerves early on, say to the masses in the room, it's good to be here in the Andy Goode suite. I thought it'd be bigger. No one laughed. Well, it wasn't funny. Well, I thought it was like quite funny. 450 people in there just thought, well, it's massive, Jim. What are you on about? Well, that, that was the whole point. Yes. So it was like, but they, they just didn't get it. So I knew it was going to be a tough audience. I enjoyed it. The Kovskins were in box 125 below. Morph suits? No, they didn't do it. They oh. didn't do it. They made a collective decision not to do it. But they were, were next to Samoan Joe's, the only nightclub in Coventry, and uh, they got a load of free drinks tokens to go there. Effectively, Samoan Joe's, right, in Coventry, is a pub, but the same owners who own it own, own a strip club. So basically, the Kovskins were in the strip club. <laughs> that was it. They asked me to go. I, I, I took the tactical decision of driving, um, so I had a nice weekend at home. Wise man. Wise man say. Only fools... Russia. We'll come to the game later, maybe, but mm. uh, it was good, wasn't it? It was good. I did enjoy it. I, um, you know what? And I said it last time, two years ago, and you said it last week. It is a proper setup at Wasps, off the pitch. Corporate is absolutely flying, um, and it's a very good stadium. You're welcome. Goody, how was your weekend, mate? Yeah, it was good. Saturday was a uh, day at home with the fam. A bit of ruggers watching on TV as well. I mean, how bad was the Scotland game? We'll come to that in a bit. Oof. But then how good was the Wales-France game? Watching that on TV. and Tweeting, of, tweeting. Tweeting and eating. That's what I do. You watch a game like that on TV. And then Sunday, uh, I did a thing with Guinness and Young's Pub. So uh, met at the ship, Wandsworth, with te- 10 competition winners for a big breakfast. No doubt. Big old breakfast. Great breakfast. Uh, and then on, on a minibus to Twickenham, a couple of Guinness along the way as did well. You, did you sing on the bus? Uh, no, we did a Q&A, live Q&A for Facebook and all sorts of different things. And, you know, just telling stories, the old tales. Oh, of, uh, lads. Man, the there must tale. have been a song on the minibus. I know a bear that you all know. Goody. Goody. <laughs> I'm a bear now. I man. know a bear that you all know. He's a goody bear. You yeah. bear. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then you, so you're in, actually in the stadium. You're not watching it on TV. And it's such a di- different experience, isn't it? Put the ref link in my ear. Oh, my word. What's going on here? Hang on. So, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Just to hear the bounce. And it was like, it was relentless. Every player is going at Yako Piper from minute one to minute 80. Oh, that's your point that you were getting at. Yeah, like, the mo- ref- like yeah, moaning. I don't picture you after breakfast on a minibus singing Yogi Bear, then with a ref's mic earplug in your Classic fan, isn't it? Yeah. Mate, oh, I said sorry. That's so it's the full fan, fan, ex- fan, the full fan experience. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it's great to actually. And then back to the ship uh, for a couple more Guinness afterwards. What I find it really weird in the ship, and now that's where the Luke Narraway became captain of the Filthy Fifteen. Roll back the years a few years ago when he was named captain. That's where it stemmed from. Yep. The only thing I remember about the ship is there's only one toilet. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's and you to- go in, and there's like a couple of inches of water on the ground. No, there wasn't. Well, I don't it know was if it's water. Weekend. It was good at the weekend. 
But yeah, yeah it was a good, great day. Uh, and we'll, we'll chat ruggers later. But it's just interesting when you watch it on TV and you can be in control of the remote and rewind it and listen to everything, see replays and all that stuff. In the stadium, you can't really. Mm. Um, and that actually, when there's replays you want to see, they cut it off the big screen. I'm like, come on, show me that. Show me George Ford booting the ball into the guy's face. I mean, no, George, you've come off your shin. And it's clipped him square in the face, the poor bloke. Oh, but uh, yeah, you want to see those things. And it, so it's a different experience, but it's great. Great day out. And you mentioned swimming in the toilets at the ship. Yes. I went swimming. Did oh, you? rock and roll at the weekend. With, with, with the, kids? the kids? How stressful. Tell me <laughs> if there's anything more stressful than take... Well, I only took... Two, I, I, took the, I took the boys. So I took Max and JJ. Tell me if there's anything more stressful than swimming with your kids. I love it, actually. Mate. The, the stress is getting them dressed afterwards when they're freezing, you're freezing. Actually, I'm never cold. But just getting them changed quickly, isn't it? Mate. Trying Slip, to get them showered. Slipping around. Like, I sink. I mean, I've got huge, muscly, heavy legs, so I sink. <laughs> so I'm constantly kicking. But um, took them swimming, and it ain't relaxing. Did you pee in the pool? Absolutely not. I would yes, never do that. I have this thing now that Goody's mentioned it on the podcast, that the 150 people, the millions of people in the swimming pool, they're looking at me because they might listen. And they're mm. looking at me. They're looking for his partner in crime to see. And then I don't know if there's dying there. I don't know. JJ said he's weed three times in it, so they can't have been. <laughs> but um, no, I had an enjoyable week. Chilled, yeah. completely chilled. I just, I, I feel amazing today. Fresh as a daisy, Jim. Fresh. Has that make you feel good? Uh, yeah, good. Yeah, really good. You fresh? Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Monday afternoon fresh. Yeah. What did you guys make of the game? Were you surprised at how dominant England were? Yes and no. I thought we. Ex- I, I expected more from Ireland. Well, you had Ireland down to win, didn't you? I think it was my fat fingers that pressed the wrong button. Oh, I keep mate. getting it wrong for some reason. I don't no. know why. I had Ireland down to win 10 minutes before the game. I had Ireland by three. And then I sat back in the chair with my coffee and thought, how are Ireland going to win here? I had to talk to myself and realise that this England team, we were in the World Cup final three games ago. We. Three games ago and you knew they were going to be motivated. So I changed it. I went England by five. On the Guinness Match Point Predictor. I did. I changed it on the Guinness Match Point Predictor and I put England by five and it was significantly more comfortable than even five. Mm, it was. England came out and they were rampant when they dominant physical. Eddie Jones talked about that physical brutality before the French game and we didn't produce it. We produced it on Sunday, didn't we? You know, Mara Toji was unbelievable in terms of just nose factor at every breakdown making Ireland commit four or five extra players to a breakdown just to smash him off the ball or well they were raging away. with him as well yeah. you could see the players him and James Ryan going at it yeah and I think when you look at it there's a lot of frustration from both sets of players actually around how it was refereed at the breakdown because it was an absolute battle at the breakdown wasn't it well I, I tweeted about it which I don't normally do and I don't like opening people up and I tweeted about Jaco Piper's refereeing, and it was for both sides. I thought he was shocking. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Jaco. Meaning to it, and sh- shocking is a is a horrible word. And there's loads of stuff going around on social media about the way that the Irish players were entering the uh, the breakdown to clean. Yeah, 100% correct. I spoke about Johnny May slapping the ball out of uh, John Cooney's yeah. hand. He's about you, four miles offside there as well, isn't he, John? Uh, I don't know. I, I freeze-framed it, of course, because I love my ruggers. You can't slap the ball out of nine hands. You can't. You're not allowed no. to do it. So he gets away with that. Then he gets taken out. The poor chicken <laughs> gets absolutely blitzed. There's a penalty there. The turnover in the corner as well where um, Jonathan Joseph does an unbelievable job. He's lifting legs. You're not allowed to lift legs. The ball, people are swimming up the side. They're changing their binds. Genji, absolutely love him. Got pinged for a penalty going in at the angle on the scrum. Then the scrum where they absolutely decimate the island scrum, he's going at the angle and gets and gets it. Same I just, thing. I just thought the le- like, and, and this is the thing, going back to the breakdown, which everyone's talking about, and I know Ben Ryan's making loads of noise around trying to sort the breakdown out. Mate, if you're the player, so if you're James Ryan and you're Devon Tonya and, and whoever hitting breakdowns and they're the visuals that are going around on social media today, of course you're going to enter the breakdown like that. Mm. In at the side, absolutely blitzing people, you're off your feet because Jaco Piper, mate, just he's, just, he's just letting it go. Yeah, he just didn't referee it. And the, the offside lines, are, it wasn't a great game of rugby to watch, mm. I don't think. And you, Ireland will probably look at it and go, the two tries England got in the first half were from absolute pressure from England, but they're two errors that they could, could not have done any worse with, could they? So Sexton's one. It's the bounce of the rugby ball, isn't it? Then the second one, Stockhorse, has got kind of nudged out of the way a little bit. And that's two tries. You don't expect one of them in a game, let alone two. And But it all came from England's pressure. Their kicking game, and you, you know we've bemoaned England's kicking game at times about kicking too much. They kicked a lot, but they kicked really accurately. Youngsie was very good as well. Yeah, right? Youngsie played well. Fair. Under pressure. Yeah. But yeah, so England thoroughly deserved the victory. They were physical. The offside line, it wasn't an open game because of the way the referee 
refereed the breakdown or didn't referee the breakdown, which slowed everything up and everyone, it was carnage at every breakdown. And the offside lines, both teams, so far offside, you can't have an open game. England was so good at the breakdown, mainly Marrow being an absolute nause, which meant they had 14 of the players on their feet or sometimes 13 because the tacklers are still in there. One at the back, they filled the front line and Ireland just couldn't get their attacking game going at all, could they? Mr. JC's asked on Twitter, do you guys think it was a mistake to make Sexton Ireland captain as level of performance seems sort of dropped with the additional responsibility? Well, Jim, you were in uh, we, we were in Dublin last week and you were saying how great Sexton was. <laughs> you backtracked from Mate, what you said originally. Of course. And when I was in Dublin, I said Ireland by three and it went down an absolute storm and they got a big cheer. Um, look, you know my thoughts on Sexton. Love the bloke. I'm sure he knows me. I know him. He's been a world-class player for years. World Player of the Year, going over old ground. But if you're telling me that that is the performance from him, and he'll be disappointed as well, but not just you know the bounce of the ball and stuff like that, kicking off the tee, like, and it is horrible. Like I'm sat here and I sound horrible listening to myself, but not just as captain, but you fly half. You, you just need a little bit more, don't you? But he was on the back foot. You know, there wasn't much go forward. Conor Murray's kicking from from the uh, the box as well, which is normally world class. Wasn't quite on the money. And it's tough because that question that JC, JC is asking, uh, uh, naturally a lot of people are going to ask that. But then you have to look at it and who is there now? You, you know, Ross Byrne comes on, but he comes on on the wing. You know, Cooney comes on, makes a big difference. Does, you know, we don't want to keep jumping on our own bandwagon, but he, he did make a big difference. And um, also Doris, me old Doris, Caelan Doris was brilliant when he came on, but... I don't know. Ireland look back to where they were at the World Cup, but England, like Andy Farrell said, England was just so good. What can you do when a, when a team are that physical and you're getting away with murder at the breakdown? I think that's the key, isn't it? Look, it? Not necessarily that Ireland were bad. England were that good and that dominant. Strangled them and everything they did. And then when you've got... I mean, I, I felt... I looked at CJ Stanley when he had his top ripped off and I just went, thank God that never happened to me. I thought his lats would be bigger. Well, mate, he wasn't rushing to put his shirt back on, so he's pretty proud of his body, eh? Yeah, it was all, it's all chest. That, that's the thing. If, you, if you've got a big chest, you can get away with anything else. Mate, his lat looked like a, like a spaghetti strip. Oh, Jim, that's your arms, mate. Oh, very true, very true. Mate, he was breastfeeding Marrow, though, weren't he? He was like, mate, you're having some of this. But Mar- what about Marrow pinning two of them down on the floor? Or hold- and, he's and on his back. He should have been pinged. Down. He should have been yeah. pinged there. And that's the thing. Yako didn't referee any of that stuff. And so England played to the referee, which ultimately is to the laws of the game. And and we were so dominant. Same one with Farrell and Stander as well. Farrell's on the deck, <laughs> holding on to him like you wouldn't believe. And people thought that Stander punched him. He didn't. He's open hand sort of try to slap push him away still winded him probably oh yeah yeah just listen to that ref link it's quite interesting hearing Farrell Farrell actually handled the referee really well in the way he spoke to him Where and we'll perhaps come on to Dan Bigger later but even Sexton Farrell's asking the referee questions in a positive way really yeah mm. like, it was really good it's like sir can I ask you a question that last rock you know what we spoke about yesterday in referees meeting that last rock are they just cleaned out of it too far sir and <laughs> really? he was, and that's he was, how he speaks yeah he was it? doing it really politely whereas Sexton was getting riled up and he was well, what was he saying ah he's got to roll away there boss <laughs> <laughs> so either way it's you know there's handling a referee in the right, right way and Farrell, I thought, was brilliant at it, apart from that one where ultimately he got penalised. But, but but that's good for our listeners to hear, but, that you, you've you've blown my mind. You blow my mind. Can I get a ref link at home or not? No, James, the game? in the stadium. Okay, well, I'm not that desperate to listen to it. But a lot of people out there are thinking the way that players are now talking to the referees and interacting with them, and Owen's been a case for that, for, for what I'm about to say now, is that they speak to them in a derogatory way. Yeah. I think Owen sometimes, because he's got that look on his face, isn't he? Mate, he's just, he's hard, isn't he? Yeah. He's hard and he loves rugby. So you, you put them in the mixer and he's winding people up and he's a northerner, all these different things that you kind of think in what's he doing? I think his dad told him to speak nicely to the referee. Yeah. So. Who knows? But he, I was impressed. Um, the one thing that I've spoken about it before and I've written a column about it for Rugby Pass the amount of back chat that goes on to referees now. It's got our band. It was ridiculous. So at one point there was Sinclair, then there was uh, Cruz, then there was Farrell, then there was Ford. That, you know, all saying something to the referee. And then the Irish boys are coming in. They were as bad as them. Coming in saying, you've got to roll away. You've got to let go of me. It's like herding cats. I'm sure at some point I thought he was going to explain and say, listen, everyone, shut the funk up. But yeah, that's the England won the niggle factor, didn't they? And I think they've known the last two games, the Six Nations game last year and the game in August, physically dominate Ireland and they've got no plan B. Oh, Niggly's Genji as well. You can just see yeah. him just giving them absolute chops, isn't he? He's got lines in his hair. He's barreling people, the baby baby rhino. And uh, 
Sinclair was good as well. He was doing that sort of stuff. Mate, it was. Mate, it was a good day. Good day for England, to be fair. Dean Mancini has tweeted in, uh, some of Ireland clearouts were illegal and dangerous at times. What did you make of that, James Ryan in particular? I, I rate James Ryan massively. Um, that's the first time I've seen him. Rattled. Yeah, rattled. Flustered, rattled, red mist, call it what you will, because he's up against, arguably in Marrow. Super Marrow. The best player in his position. You know, them two are going to be arguably the two Lions test locks and the physicality that Marrow brings in that niggle around the breakdown and was getting away with it as a player, you can imagine how frustrated you'd be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was not He was not happy, but I mentioned it earlier, the breakdown, the entry points, flying off your feet, all the things you shouldn't do around the breakdown, Jaco Piper is, is let, letting them crack on. So it's not to do with the players because both teams were doing it and you would do. That's exactly what you do. I used to try and whack the ball out of nine's hand or whack his arm or whatever, I used to get pinged off the park Penalty. the whole time for doing it. Like so, I used to come in and then you know start kicking it out, kicking it out the back of the breakdown stuff. It's such negative play. But if you're allowed to do it, like Marrow's been doing it, tapping the hand and getting away with it, you're going to do it. So for me, the ref is there as the law, the officer, officer, and until he steps in and said, "Look, you can't do this," or there needs to be flagged up, or the TMO says, "Matt, have you seen James Ryan flying in absolutely sideways?" Followed by Devon Toner, vice versa. Why change it? Why are they going to change what they're doing? But he was raging. Obviously, getting, you know, you're getting held down, and Mara's one of them players. Like you know, you can't punch people. Now it would have got dealt with in the olden days, oh, old school. You would have got absolutely slippered in the breakdown. What did you guys make of Eddie Jones's comments afterwards that if it was a cricket match, they would have declared? I don't like cricket. I'm a swimmer. I don't get it. Jim what? is a swimmer, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an Eddie Jones-ism again, isn't it? So what's he mean? Declared what? Well, Declared when, ban- when, bankruptcy? When, no, when you declare a cricket, you've got a big score. So you, yeah, you put the, the opposition into bat. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, is that bant or what? I don't know. I didn't really get it, actually. You know, we're only 17-0 up. I say only. We were in, we were in control. But I, I think, you know, he's just... You know, it's Eddie Jones doing what he does again, making a comment. He loves talking across different sports. He obviously loves his cricket because he's, he's an Aussie. And yeah, I mean, it's you read it and I'm just like, oh, there's another one. Mm. You were a big critic of him selecting players out of position. How do you think that went? Especially um, Jonathan Joseph on the wing. Yeah, JJ did well. He wasn't tested though, was he? So it, it he played well in attack, but England was so dominant across the whole field. You know, and Ireland's kicking game was poor because of the pressure that England put on them. So it didn't really affect the game, who, who was playing where, did it? In, in, in terms of Jonathan Joseph, you know, Ford played reasonably well at 10, I thought. I thought Elliot Daly had his best game he in did. a long time. Elliot played really well. You know, you've got five second rows in the match day 23. All yeah, them, I didn't get that. All Charlie Yules ends up at eight. Yeah, I didn't I mean, get it either. But, uh, Courtney, Courtney Laws played six, played really well, got one of the match. How bad was that black eye he had? Pre, that was from training as well. That's from nothing, mate, just scratch that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, listen, when you win... You tip the slipper and you go, Eddie, you're, you know what you're talking about, Edward. Just looking at Ireland, do you think it was a bad day for them or is there something bigger to it? I don't really know. I don't know how good England were. And I know it's hard to say because they were on the front foot, so they weren't really tested. Sexton misses a couple of easy kicks, one penalty, one conversion. Then you bridge the gap slightly. Their kicking game was off. Conor Murray's kicking game was off. I, I don't know. I don't know where Ireland are. Two really big wins. Scotland tested them. I mean, does the fact that Scotland got that close to them maybe show that Ireland aren't as good as we thought they might be, but then they dispatched of Wales at home. This was with their big, big test. But England are also a very good team, as we know, made the World Cup final. So they're a world-class team. They've got some amazing players. I mean, it's wide open now, isn't it? You take France out of the mix and and that, that game potentially in Paris at the end of the tournament. But up, up till now, England lost one, so have Ireland. Well, that's what Sexton said, didn't he? He said, we'll go home, we'll lick our wounds, we'll do a job hopefully against Italy in two weeks' time and then we go over to Paris to try and win the championship. And that's how that's how great the Six Nations is so, so far that now England are in the mix. You know, we've got Wales at home and Italy away so you'd expect if all things went the way they should we'd win both of those games, perhaps with bonus points. And then, you know, we'll come down to Super Saturday, won't it? You mentioned licking wounds there. Not until I watched Tyson Fury oh. lick Deontay Wilder's oh, yeah. wounds did I actually know where that had come from. There we go. Now I know. You've got him licking wounds in Las Vegas. How hard? Mate. He's uh, he's, he's blitzed him, hasn't he? How oh, good. Yeah. Uh, met Tyson once. Well, he, he met me. He asked me for a selfie. Yeah. Just two greats at different ends of the spectrum <laughs> at that time. <laughs> yeah. I was in my prime, still playing. He was going through a bad time. He actually, it looked, literally looked like me and you together. That's what it looked like. What, me and the Fury. You and the Fury. Me, me Sat next to Fury was like me and you together. You were Tyson Fury. That's how it looked. When he was a bit bigger, was it? Mate, he would look like he'd eaten me. Oh, and really? You. Oh, wow. Yeah, and producer Tim. 
So, Gertie, you mentioned it before. Uh, you wanted to talk about Dan Bigger and his performance and the way he was talking to the refs in, in Wales. What did, what did you make of that in Cardiff? I just want to say that France are a really good team, you know, and uh, I really appreciate their skill levels and uh, intensity in defence. Did you back France in your Guinness match point predictor? Oh, fat fingers are going no, to I think I think I put no. Wales. I did, yeah. and it, that was the game that could have gone either way. And no it could, way. Right up to the end, mate, it could have gone either no way. No way. Oh, I thought France comfortably won that game. I thought the scoreline flattered Wales. Really? In Massively. my opinion, yeah. So Tompkins yeah, makes the you, break you, at the you, end. Yeah, look, he's watched it. Look, he's, he's nodding. Wales dominated huge parts of that game, but didn't get over the try line. Before half time, they had all that pressure and didn't score. And there was massive turning points in the game. But you sit there and you go, that, that went to the wire. You know, Matt Carley. And I believe that, you know, Wayne Barnes on the touchline. He just wants that last game, Ireland versus France, or France versus Ireland, to be uh, the decider. So they were given decisions for the French, not the Welsh. I thought I'm France joking. looked very, I'm joking, very by good the way, on that. Yeah, I thought France looked very, very good. Oh, they did. Again, um, physical. Again, you can start labouring the point of Sean Edwards, but what an effect he's had. The defence, and again, the foundations of any team. But I just thought the way in which they controlled the game, which is something that you questionably don't see or you haven't seen Untermack um, how good is he doesn't sweat mate he literally does I mean come mate, to my world mate, I'm sweating an igloo why ain't he sweating <laughs> I mean game comes easy yeah. to him well his dad's obviously Emil Emil bit of a legend as well yeah. so no, I mean they were great aren't they they're, I mean Aldrich was carrying like an absolute monster again mate even when he's getting smashed he ain't getting smashed no. do you know what I mean like they like they obviously sent Moriarty to go after him and Moriarty can hit a man yeah and uh, Gregory Aldrich he did all right. And um, what about not Lapu, LaRue? My goodness gracious, the physicality of that human being yep. is phenomenal. I've, I'm sure I've played against him a few times and he was in the back row. He was, yeah. Now he's moved up to the second row. He is absolutely belting people. Did he fill you in? Oh, I doubt it. And then you've got Willemson in the second row, South African. Yeah, well, question for you. Do you like front peels? Because they, as a back, you sit there and you go, oh, we're going into this play with the front peel. Never works until France do it against Wales. And Villemsa barrels over Johnny McNichol to score in the corner. Do you rate front peels? I do now. Well, there we mate, go. Well, the Moors almost died now as well in the game. because so there's cheating going on in Moors that they just get is, away with. Mate, and for me, that's a law that I loved as a player, but needs changing now because it's just, and Moors going forward, lads are up the side. You know, are they changing binds? Well, they might not be looking like they massively are changing binds, but majority of the time they're changing binds and they're stopping the ball from coming out. But that shows me the evolution of France, right? That they've now got a coaching team that can pick up players like that, that you've got McNichol in the channel and you're going to send your, you know, what you, your biggest player down yeah. the channel. So you've got to try something else. I don't know how many teams are scoring off malls now. I know in the Prem we see a few more, but I think that it's becoming more and more difficult for the reasons we've just said. So that's it. The, they're the small things in these test matches that need to come off and you've got to try. You nearly gave Fabian Galtier a compliment then, Jim. Well, I don't know if it was down to him. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to say it was down to Sean Edwards. He's picked it up. <laughs> Get down, channel team, mate. We've talked about Sean Edwards before, but even um, for the uneducated, you can see that France are so much better on defence. What What is it? Like, what does he do? Like, what, How does he make a team so much better at defence? It becomes a something that means something. So he he brings the emotion about it in training. Uh, and, you know, some teams back themselves for their attack. You know, if you've got a really strong voice as a defensive coach, you pride yourself on that defence, and that's what you can get turnovers. You can, you know, get amazing attacking opportunities off the back of having an unbelievably organised defence and a, you know, a ferocious one that's getting off the line with intensity and speed and power and smash him. So... He's made a massive difference, hasn't he? It's become you become energized from defense sometimes, don't you? People talk about defense wins championships, don't they? Uh, and you you know teams get energized off that work rate, which is something that perhaps France haven't had. And now with Sean Edwards, it's a non-negotiable. And when the ball's in the air as well, so what he'll coach isn't just tackle technique and all them things that naturally come with defence it'll be the work rate off the ball so when the ball's in the air and, and there's a lot of kicking in, in test rugby as we've seen so they'll be talking about the manipulations around where the ball drops if the opposition player catches it if the ball's dropped what the players are doing around the ball but also the spacings off that I think France in the past and that's probably where they've got left behind and you know it's been glaringly obvious is their work rate so when things aren't going their way their heads tend to drop when the ball's in the air it's just like whatever because they've never worked on them things and I spoke about the top 14 I couldn't watch anymore it was crap like it was just 
so slow, so stop start, and then if a, if a rubbish kick went in, you, you might have had a chance of a quick player scoring a try. Whereas now they're just fully engaged. I think what they're doing now is they're seeing the rewards of that. So they're watching the game back, and Sean Edwards will be up in the meeting. He'll be like, "This is this is why we're doing it." And now the players can do it. They can see it. I'm sure Fabian Gautier, because he won't do it at Montpellier, but he must be looking at it now and thinking, actually, this guy's a genius, Sean Edwards. But he's not. He's just brought these small things in into a nation of world-class talent, which the French have always had, and they always will be. Look at the under-20s, labouring the point again, won the World Cup back-to-back. They're going to be quality. And then you add in Fakatawa, you add in Willemser, a couple of South Africans in there as well. And all of a sudden, you've got a team that's going for the grandstand. Have Wales gone backwards under PVEC or is it just getting used to a new guy? Mm. I, I suppose results-wise, ultimately you'd say yes, wouldn't you? Because they won the Grand Slam last year under Gatland. But I think he's trying to evolve them as a team uh, and they've clearly gone away from the strengths that you've seen of a Sean Edwards coach team. And then you bring in Warren Ball, which is the way you know Wales used to play. Uh, they, they're clearly finding their feet a little bit, aren't they? Under new leadership, new management, new coaches, there's new players in the squad, they're missing a couple of players through injury. Jonathan Davis is a massive loss for them, I think. So, yeah, the you know, and the pressure is on them. They could have won that game. Yeah, they were very disappointed with their performance over in Ireland. But I, I think once Aldrich's gone to the bin, you probably should have taken the three points straight away to go 17-12 down. Uh, and then you've got the full sort of 10 minutes or nine minutes and 40 seconds or whatever left to attack 14 men. Now, they took forever trying to score before halftime. France were offside by a country mile at times got away with it. Wales then turned the ball over half-time and France are pumped. But yeah, I, th- there was a couple of key moments. Obviously, Nick Tompkins, who had a, a pretty good game, I thought. Was I thought un- he was brilliant again. Was unlucky with the intercepts. And I, I messaged Jim about it. That's seven points either way. If he gives it slightly earlier, onto Max committed. So he's just committed for the intercepts. And I think there's two Welsh boys on the outside. They it probably- was all or nothing for Intermac, yeah. weren't it? Yeah. And that, that's the game changer right there. So one, they didn't score before half time. Two, the intercepts. And then three, obviously, the knockdown and the slap down. And was it a yellow card penalty try? Was it play on? It's just a knock on in the tackle. You know, big debating points. Right decision for me. I thought it was a big decision. Now, we all know that Willemse, as a player, we've been in that position. You're looking for that to happen. Yeah. But he hasn't moved his arm up or down. He's gone in in the trajectory of making a textbook tackle, hoping that the ball is going to hit his hand. Now, people have got different opinions on that, but I've looked at that and I think naturally everyone's like, of course, everyone in Wales is screaming. It's uh, it's a yellow card and a penalty try. I don't, but, well, if it is a penalty and a yellow card, I don't think you can give a penalty try. But yeah, I mean, either way, I, I messaged Barnsley about it and said tough day at the office. Um, well, that is a tough one though, isn't it? Yeah. Because if you're a referee... He, he's going in for the tackle he hasn't moved his hand he, you know what I mean he's not put it up or down to try and stop yeah. the ball but he knows what he's doing Yeah. so I thought it was a really smart tackle to yeah. be fair Bandy takes you back he did yeah he did he said uh, myself and Matt Carley will have tougher games than that in the future which means it was an absolutely brutal game to referee I hope we don't get one like that again but yeah it's tough isn't it the one thing I'm, I think and it started off happening in the Champions Cup once we came back from the World Cup and all this stuff just referee in the offside law. You know, referee that offside line at the back of a ruck and make it more clear and obvious that you're behind the back foot. Otherwise, you're going to penalise teams. Then you're going to see more attacking rugby. Break down an offside line are the two, my two bugbears at the minute where it's just like you can tell players are miles offside and they just don't get pinged. And then you wonder what the assistant referee's doing. Maybe he's gone the biscuits as well. Just going back to your original question though about Wayne Pivak. I mean, how do you follow Gatland? That's tough, isn't it? How do you follow Someone with a gate at the stadium. Well, you get the keys, don't you? You earn to the, the gate. keys. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah you yeah. do. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get the keys. I just think for him, it's almost an impossible task at the minute. So I just hope they stick with him because they wanted him. Mm. They're going to stick with him, but he was raging after the game, wasn't he, about the referee's decisions. But, um, yeah, but sorry, and that's the point. Sorry, that point about him to speaking about the referee after the game, that's where I saw that and I was like, I weren't like, oh, Gatlin wouldn't have done that. But I'm looking at it, I was like, mate, you can't because it's happening everywhere. Scotland. The big one. The big one. The one you've been waiting to talk about. See, a lot of people are like, Goody here. Wow, how bad. It was a shocking game. Horrible. I enjoyed it. It's because you're Scottish and you you didn't win a wooden spoon. Yeah, maybe I'm blinded by loyalty and love. But I actually thought Scotland did well. 
And a lot of people disagree. A lot of people think that they struggled. I know you're looking at me weird. I, for Italy not to score a single point, surely that's a good thing as well. Yeah. Score three tries. I mean, there, there weren't many highlights. Stuart Hogg's won. And, you know, you've nailed them. And there we saw uh, Gilchrist bum. Well, we saw what we had for breakfast, pasta. Yeah. Um, I d- look, this is the thing. I'm trying to manage people's expectations. What are, what are we wanting here? What, what do you want from Scotland, Goody? Uh, what I more want, did you want from that game? Uh, well, I wanted a 25, 30 point win, bonus point, attacking but rugby. They, but they nailed Italy. Are you really th- watching that game again? That is a great performance. That Absolute is a great game. dominance in the scrum. Like, wiped them off the park. Really, Italy should have had a sim bin in. Dominance in the line out. Stuart Hogg running riot. I just think trying to manage the expectation of the listeners and of other people. Like, it's always been a tough game. Yeah, it is. And I, it's a tough place to go and play. You know, you're under a massive mass of pressure because you haven't won a game and that win's come at a good time. Yeah, I appreciate that. And with everything that's gone on in Scotland around the Finn Russell, the Gregor Towns, I think, Danilla team is great. But anyone that's saying that was a great game of rugby to watch, I mean, deluded. I think I think it was all right. I think for me, I thought... It's gone it, from good Italy. to all right. It'll, it'll be shit <laughs> mate, tomorrow. You, well, you're convincing me, mate. You're a manipulator. But it isn't about beating Italy. That's what I've said. We should beat Italy now. Comfortably. And Italy didn't show anything. I thought they... they Pelledri carried. Yeah, Pelledri carried. And that's it. There you go. So it's just easy to defend. Just before we move on, we uh, had a tweet come in from Not Martin Clunes. Uh, he's asked, when will Italy get bumped from the Six Nations? No, well, there's a lot of talk around CVC now, isn't there? They've obviously bought into the, the Six Nations. I don't know whether that's confirmed, but there's a lot going on today around that. There's talk of South Africa. Maybe that's going to gather momentum. There's going to come a point, isn't there, where it, it's not sustainable now. I mean, the, the, the ground wasn't a sellout again. I love Italy. You know, I, I like what they stand for. I used to love playing against them, some brilliant characters, but the game is moving on, and it seems to be moving on, unfortunately, without them. The Guinness Pint Predictor is back for the Six Nations on the Match Pint app and you can win pints of Guinness each week during the tournament as well and match tickets and much more all by just predicting the outcome of the Guinness Six Nations fixtures every week. It's not too late to download the free Match Pint app and enter the code RUGBYPOD to join our league and go up against Jim and Goody, just like 4,000 other listeners have done already. And how'd you guys go over the weekend? Because I know you lost with Ireland, you guys didn't lose with Ireland? I didn't. I got oh, full you house. I got. I changed at the last minute. dot com. Got full house, mate. I still can't work it out. I've predicted all three games right. Why am I not top of the leaderboard? <laughs> it's more than that. I'm happy. Yeah, I've got some stats as well, Jim. You're Hit doing me. very well, James. Thanks, mate. Cheers. I like your doing um, very well. Yeah, so I like your hands. Albertus van Rensburg is top. He's loving it, mate. And he's got a French flag. Same guy. He's been up there. He definitely ain't French, or maybe he is. Maybe he's related to. Paul Willemser, because obviously the South yeah, of course, thing. yeah, yeah, or LeBru. Uh, get it. He's got 160 points. Ed Ralph, English in second. He's got three perfect scores, 156 points. And then tied third, Gareth Owen from Wales. No doubt he's from Wales, uh, 153 points. And James Ferris from Ireland, 153 points. And then we go down to the bottom of the leaderboard. No, we don't. We go, Jim, you're doing well, 348. Well, that don't sound good to me. It does, mate. When there's over 4,000 people, that means you're in the top 10%. Oh. You see what I mean? Well, yeah. You see what you're That's doing? That's fine there. there. Top 10% is fine. You've got 114 points. Uh, Tim Groves, 1,292nd. Yeah, it's not great. With 95 points. And then we'll just move on from there. Goody, where are you, Where mate? are you, mate? Uh, Andy Goode is uh, out of four over 4,000 people, so it's probably near a 5,000. Uh, 3,077th. I'm, oh, I'm having a shocker. my word. Can um, you say that again? 3,077th. Let's just round it down to 3,500. Just <laughs> just round it down. <laughs> my word. I'll technically oh be rounding it goodness. up, Jim, but there we go. Yeah, yeah, shocker. So I predicted Wales to beat France, and I just got my finger wrong in the wrong place, and I thought Ireland might beat England, but I was wrong. Well, let's have a look at the Premiership. You two were at the Rico. How'd you find it? Oh, no. Let's Easy. Just, let's just move on. Move no, on no, James. Food was great. Hospitality was amazing. The Kovskins were happy. And uh, Samoan Joe's was busy. I mean, what more do you want to know about? Who takes 60? Oh. Who takes 60 these days, Mate, Jim? I don't In know. In your own words, who takes... You said, who takes 50? Well... Who takes 60, pal? Well, Kieran Brooks before the game said he thought it was going to be 19-3, to which point I almost spat out an olive uh, through my nostril. And uh, I was like, mate, 
How is it going to be 19-3? Like, there's no chance. It's going to be a lot closer than that. I did say I thought Wasp would win, did I? Or did, did I not? Yeah, Expert. And um, you're watching it unfold, and it was, I don't even know. It was like touch, to be fair. Fair play to Wasps. They turned up Fekatoa. Agud. Oh, my God. Well, him and Gopeth in the centre, that's the first time they've played together in that position. Said it before the game that went down well as well. I think Gopeth is one of the best players the Prem's ever seen. He's fit. Fekatoa, oh, my wheels. Oh, my selfie. Yeah. Oh, my will. Oh, my willy. <laughs> is selfie, all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and that Kibariki, my word. How, how quick. He rinsed Livington, didn't he? Rinsed him. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, even, it wasn't even Yeah. So... Yeah, you talk about the pressure being off and we've spoken about that and you look at the other teams around them. Lenaris probably being the glaring example. And what you normally see is a coach goes and, and there's a spike in performance. They spiked a little bit against Leicester. I could be should have won that game, but it was, uh, I mean, the, the scoreline says it all really. I don't know what you what more you can say. It was an absolute blitz. It was weird, wasn't it? Because everything that Wasps touched turned to gold. So offloading game and there was all of a sudden there's you make a half break, there's five of them all around the ball, offloading, offloading, score. And the Saris boys that are known for this sort of wolf pack mentality in defence, they were like wolf babies. They weren't wolf, wolf pack, were they? There was no wolves knocking around there. I think from a Saracen's perspective, and had a little bit of time to digest it over the weekend, something like this I think was going to happen because they've been fighting against the, the tide for so many weeks now and been putting on a brave front. We, when the news initially broke about the salary cap, they went to King's home and beat beat them away they're obviously now qualified for the quarter final but that team that was out there on friday night very similar to the team that beat sale the week before i'm putting my myself in that position what have i got to look forward to as them players no. now, i'm not making excuses for that performance or, and how well was played and all that i'm just kind of sidetracking a little bit about how i'd feel as the players in there so the game's not on TV anymore. It was scheduled to be on TV and they, they, t- they took it off TV yep. because now Saracen's been relegated. Just, just lost your sponsor. You, you know, England are in the mix of a, 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 six, a Guinness Six Nations and we're hearing all them players are going to be on a separate programme or whatever. There's talk of you having to go on loan and having to move house and all these different things. Knowing that next year you're going to be in the championship, funding's just been cut for the championship, so you know you're going to be putting 100 points on teams every week. There's no Champions Cup. I said the majority of that team probably won't play against Leinster. What are you looking forward to? That, that, that's what I'm looking yeah. at. So I'm looking at Jackson Ray, who I'm a massive fan of. Like I think it would be tough being a player like him, who's given so much to the cause. You know, he might get get a run out of the Champions Cup, but once that's gone, what are you doing for 18 months? Yeah, emotionally it's tough, isn't it? That's what I think. But fair play to Wasp. I thought they were brilliant and uh, fully deserved it. Well, we've got a man on the line now who played a key role in that win for Wasps and might just be playing his way back into Eddie Jones's plans. Brad Shield joins us now. How are you, mate? Very good, thank you. Enjoying life? Mate, I bet you are, especially after Friday night. Myself and uh, Goody were there in the Andy Good suite. It was sold out, but I think the more pleasing thing I imagine for you and the team is that kind of result. Did you see it? Well, you wouldn't have seen that coming, 60 points on any team, but against Saracens. But how happy were the lads in training today? That's the thing. Like, I mean, you don't ever really expect to go out and win by that, by that much. But I think the situation we've, we've found ourselves in is we've been quite up against the wall recently. Our backs up against the wall, so it was good to just get a good performance and show that what sort of class this team has. And regardless of I think who we played on Friday night, we would have put a good performance out, and I strongly believe that because our preparation has been really good the last few weeks, and the boys are starting to believe in what we're doing because we've only I mean we've only lost a few games by a few points, so there's got to be something positive to take out of it, you know. And it was your first game back, so that was a big difference as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know if it wasn't made a big difference to the team, but um, my, my lungs were certainly burning after a couple of minutes at the start. So <laughs> yeah. d- just chat to us, obviously, about Wasps. How hard has it been over the last couple of weeks uh, with the news that Di was leaving, a bit of limbo the week before last with what was happening, and then to produce that performance must have been pretty special as well. Yeah, mate, it's, it's obviously a, a, a weird sort of situation. I haven't really been in a situation like that in my career, but I think the, the biggest thing for us was just focusing on, on what we could do in the weekend. And I know we, less, less, less that we let ourselves down a little bit, we could have come away with another a decent win there. But look, I think, as I said before, it was it was just about putting a performance on and you know showing our fans and stuff that we can still play at a high level. We, we obviously tr- try as hard as we can every week, but sometimes that's not good enough. We, we needed to put a good performance in. And as you say, with everything happening with Di, um, moving on was was obviously a shock to the the squad but you know as I say we had to focus on what was coming next and I think um, 
the coaching staff did a really good job at pulling us together and, and, and obviously putting us in the right frame of mind to, to perform on, on Friday night. And it has been tough for you guys as well over the last, well, last season, especially le- le- losing Nathan Hughes, obviously Elliot Daly as well, Jimmy Gopeth. I mean, what a difference he makes. Hey? He's had a torrid time with injuries yeah. as well, but like him and Fekato in the centre, I mean, that is a world-class centre partnership. So now you're back fit, you've got them back fit as well, and mate, you're rising up the table. I think Goody mentioned top four at the beginning of the season, and we were laughing about it, you know. Um, <laughs> but look at it now. You look how, cl- how close the league table is. But what is the ambition of the club now at Wash? Now Dye's moved on, and now you've got the boys back. What are the whispers amongst the ranks? Well, I think just going back to your, your point about a few of the players, I think it obviously makes a, bit, a good difference with a bit of experience. And something that Jimmy brings is that experience and that voice, um, and that's something that players can feed off. So the more of that we can have within each other, the communication is massive. And if we're on the same mental wavelength, then you know the world's our oyster, and, and the, the old saying goes. But um, I think with the aspirations, I think nothing changes. Um, and I obviously put it in our mind at the start of the year that we wanted to make top six first and foremost, and then push for top four, um, and then whatever happens after that, you know, is is, is, de- is down to a good season. So, I think the ambition and the goals still stay the same, and we'll be silly to try and, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's not much you can change in the goals. To be fair, you know, everyone wants to be part of that top six and part of Europe. Um, and as you say, like the, the table now, there's two or three points separating where we are now, even even eighth and ninth to. Um, third so I mean a couple of wins in a row can, can certainly turn the team season around and, and I think we've found ourselves in that situation where we knew it was going to come and um, we're just happy that well we're happy that we put a good performance out on Friday and hopefully um, we get it right this week and do do something very similar have a good performance um, on Sunday against London Irish who are, who are quality side at the moment Has there been much chat around the group about potential new coaches uh, there was a, a list released by the bookies the other week I was 20 to 1 to be head coach or director rugby, <laughs> and Jim Hamilton was a hundred to one. So, would you fancy that a bit of top sophomore well, in with Jim? It's like signing sealed, isn't it? No, it's not. I spoke. I spoke to Derek, and he said no. Well, it depends how much you want. If you want top four, mate, bring me an hundred to one. Shirts will be off. Um, everyone will have beards, and uh, we'll have a good time, and we'll be top four. So, but I don't think I'm getting it. I'll be honest. I was there on Friday. It didn't seem great. Well, <laughs> if, if, that, if that's your pitch to go in, I can't see why Derek wouldn't give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Tops off and beards, love it. Well, let's talk. Yeah. Let's chat about you then. Your foot injury, mate. What's um, you know, it's great to be back and all that stuff. I know you missed out in the World Cup and and start the season and stuff with that. How how's it all feeling now? Yeah, mate, it's really good. I'm, I'm, my body's in a really good position. Um, yeah, obviously it was um, the, the timing couldn't have been any worse to sustain you know a, a couple of injuries in a row but I guess that's that's sort of that's rugby and, and I mean, I mean you, can, you can't do too much about it like I did as much prehab rehab as I possibly could um, but yeah it's just it was pretty devastating timing and I mean getting injured at any time in the season is is hard to swallow but to do it sort of twice in a row was yeah it was pretty cutthroat but yeah I'm, I'm better for it now obviously um, and back playing so that's the main thing being down the field with the lads. Did it give you some time to reflect as well? Because obviously, as soon as you got off the plane, effectively, you were straight into it. You got fast-tracked into the England team as well. And like, how was all them emotions? Did you, you know, have you had time to kind of uh, come to terms with all that? Obviously, it was a, it's an amazing thing that's happened. And like you said, your injury kind of stunted that as well. But have you had time to reflect and obviously what, what, what's happened and, and how happy you were when you were playing? Yeah, I think that, and that was my wife sort of pointed that out to me. And it was sort of like a, from... Super Rugby 2018, then going to the summer tour, back to Super Rugby, then coming over here straight playing. You know, you had your uh, autumn internationals, and then you move into the Six Nations. Like as you say, it just didn't really stop, and I guess didn't really have a chance to step back and have a look at what I sort of had achieved in that time, and all the good sort of all the all the rugby I was playing in that time didn't really have any time off, which you know isn't necessarily a bad thing. And and, and when I did injure my foot and in, in Treviso, I just wanted to keep going. Um, and I didn't want to stop, and uh, and I think that's what sort of killed me a little bit was the fact that I just needed to step back and and think about you know where am I at, at the moment, you know what's my injury, what's what's the process, what's going to be next, um, and and I sort of just try to keep going and and sort of I was obviously injured, I couldn't run, but I just kept trying to train and make up for what I wasn't doing, and that ultimately took its toll. And um, by the time I came back, I probably hadn't given myself enough time to heal. Um, potentially, I'm not, I'm not really 100% sure, and then obviously did it again. So then the second time, 
Uh, it wasn't until my wife told me, she said, you know, just step back for a, a few days and just think about things and think about the process going forward. And, and that's what I did. And, um, and it sort of reinvigorated a drive and uh, motivation to get back out on the field and put my body, which is the main thing, obviously, as a rugby player, you want to put yourself in the best position to be on the field. And I probably didn't give myself that opportunity 100%. We're talking about motivation to get back on the field. Obviously, you know, having played for England, uh, we're in the midst of a Six Nations now. We saw England go exceptionally well against Ireland yesterday. Tom Curry's playing at number eight. Do you, have you had chats with Eddie Jones or has there been dialogue there around, you know, get yourself fit and you can look at the summer tour perhaps or has there been anything at all from him? Oh, mate, it's, it's basically just about that, just about getting fit and, and that's that's all the sort of chat that I really want to be fair is, is just about getting fit and, and play good rugby for Wasp because if I, if I don't get fit, well, and I'm not playing good rugby, then you can you can sort of kiss international rugby goodbye because um, you've got to be playing week in and week out relatively good rugby for your club. Otherwise, there's no point in thinking about the next level. So for me, that was just what I wanted to hear was just get fit and, and, and get immersed in that rugby culture again and, and playing week in and week out. So that, that's the goal and, um, and nothing changes, although... Um, the boys are going great. Like I, I loved watching yesterday. I love the physicality, um, the speed that they're playing the game at. Like to be a part of that would be amazing. But at the same time, like just got to play well for Wasps. And when you look at the England team and having been in the setup, but also been in the setup over in New Zealand uh, for the majority of your life, Owen Farrell spoke about after the game about the exterior pressures and stuff like that. In New Zealand, the players are under a huge microscope with all the media, the fans, and everyone. Is it very similar to? This English English team, did you feel like that when you were in the squad, or is it just like Owen says, it's just all exterior noise? Or as a, as a player in that in that, do you notice it? Um, you, you obviously notice it to a certain extent. And for me, I sort of said to myself because obviously in New Zealand rugby is is the number one sport, right? So um, that's what sort of New Zealand hangs ahead on. Whereas England might might slightly be a little bit different with the football and um, being slightly bigger. But look, I mean, international scene, there's always going to be people that are criticising, always going to be people that are having their judgments. And I mean, there's, as, you, as you guys probably know, there's a hell of a lot of coaches out there. But at the end of the day, it is external pressure and it's how you learn to deal with it as a squad. And, um, and I think Eddie does a really good job at distracting, well, not distracting, but taking that pressure away from the squad um, in a way. So I think that's really good. And the, the more you can uh, sort of train yourself and understand that, you know, it's just it's only some people's opinions you know we're, we're, we're thinking about the greater good here we're going to become a great team and we are a great team we've just got to stick to that that's that's a lot powerful coming within the group and that's why i said to myself when i come over here I'm, i don't want to download any sort of newspaper sort of article uh, apps and all that sort of stuff because i know there's going to be people out there that don't agree with my situation and how i've come to where i am but at the end of the day as you say that's external pressure that um from someone's opinion you were on the on the cusp of uh, making the all blacks for quite a few years like played reasonably high standard of form uh, throughout Super Rugby for quite a few years and then the All Blacks didn't really want you were you surprised when New Zealand's uh, New Zealand Rugby Union's stance when you decided you want to come over here and play for England? I was a little bit and I guess the, the biggest surprise was when I tried to get clearance to go and play in that summer tour and it was it was it, it didn't get messy but it was a little bit um, I, I was a little bit surprised but I think once well, once we sat down and sort of explained the situation and um, sort of went through like this is you know this is this has been a dream of mine since I was a, a boy to play international rugby and if it's not happening in in a certain space then and you and I have another opportunity somewhere else then it's like any job in any other situation if if you want to go to the highest level in, in your field and there's a door that's going to open you, you're probably going to take it somewhere else so I think that's where I was at and I had to make a decision and you know with the Hurricanes such a great a great team and a great uh, franchise and you know you, you, one one team that you could play your whole career with if they wanted you there but in my my time and at the time of my career it was time to kind of venture out and, and try something new and try my hand um, as an opportunity open somewhere else and like I, I haven't looked back since mate 100% same for me I would have got 50 counts for England <laughs> mate instead I got 63 for Scotland <laughs> dreamer um, but what I was going to say the big question is is we've just heard you get out of the car now where have you got out of the car is it in Coventry or is it in Leamington no, I'm actually, I'm still in the car. My wife has just got out of the car. We're in, I'm in Leamington. Um, oh, of course it is, money. Cash money's made. No way. None no, of the no, boys no. live in Coventry. Have you, apart from uh, training in Cov um, and obviously playing as well, have you been out in Coventry yet? Have you, have you been to the Kebabish on Spawn Street next to Samoan Joe's or not? Well, I can tell you I've been to Samoan Joe's. 
but I don't think I've been to the Kvev shop just yet. <laughs> I might have to take a detour next time. And, you need uh, to get in there and ask for the Andy Goode special, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty famous for your amazing beard as well. It's a great uh, beard. Brad, it is a very good beard. Would you say famous? I wouldn't have thought it was famous. It's a good beard. Let, let's call it a very nice, <laughs> nicely groomed beard. But we've heard a rumour that you're shaving it off next week, aren't you? So uh, you want to tell us what it's that's great. all about? Yeah, so um, I just thought it was about time for a bit of a change for myself and obviously being injured, hitting a bit of a low in my career, you know, for the first time, I sort of thought, you know, what better way to team up with a, with loose heads as it, as it was uh, or as it is in the mental health space. And obviously I wanted to change for myself, but I wanted to, I didn't want to just shave it off. I wanted to, you know, raise a bit of awareness for something or raise a bit of money for, for a, a good cause. And, um, and loose heads obviously doing a great job. Uh, with their foundation um, and tackling that stigma for mental health. So I thought it was quite fitting and um, it, was, it was time to, to whip it off. How did you get involved with that Loose Heads? Um, it was a conversation really. Obviously, there's a couple of guys, um, uh, Tom Cruise, um, who has a bit to do with Loose Heads and Lima Sopawanga. So I just basically went and spoke to um, spoke to Tom and asked if I could have a contact at Loose Heads and explain the situation and to see if they would be interesting in teaming up and, and putting something on paper and, and, and raising some cool awareness for something that is obviously a massive topic and, and not just sporting um, at the moment, but in, in life in general and in the world. So um, I thought, you know, if, if, if I could take take the beard off for some good cause, then, then why not? And when was the last time you were clean shaven? Because you might need some good moisturising cream with this uh, lovely weather yeah. that we've got at the minute. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. The, the last time I started growing it in 2014. So... Uh, the end wow. of 2014, so it's been a it's been a few years before I've even even I've seen what's what's underneath there. So I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> and how do people donate money? We've got a GoFundMe page set up, um, and it's just a, a sort of the link to just Brad Shields uh, Beard Shave. So you can check that out. You can go to lucy's.co.uk to check out their website. Also, or you can visit uh, my Instagram Instagram page or Twitter where they'll have the link. Um, on there as well to, to donate money which and, um, and obviously in, as, as everybody says any small bit helps uh, it's all going to a great cause Alright Brad thank you very much for joining us best of luck with the, with the injury rehab and uh, best of luck uh, also looking in the mirror next time uh, once you're shaving that beard <laughs> off mate I'm, I'm a bit more I'm a bit worried about my daughter actually she hasn't seen me with a, with a shaven face she's only two so <laughs> oh she'll cry <laughs> <laughs> she'll cry No, thank you so much for having me I appreciate it guys cheers, cheers, Brad. Brad. cheers Brad. thanks for coming on mate yeah, man. see you later thanks cheers. mate Good, good bloke. Lad. Good bloke. Mate, speaks very well. Yeah, Did not does. expect him to speak. He like does. That. What I've, a I've, lovely, lovely bloke. Could have spoke to him all day. Yeah, I've interviewed him a couple of times uh, in the Undergood suite at Wasp pre-match, and he speaks really well. He's really good. Because I, I, I'm going to stereotype here, and it's maybe because not many Kiwis speak to me. <laughs> they don't like me. Um, Why? Well, I like probably, you. Probably because I'm shy at rugby or was shy at rugby. You like me, yeah, but I don't like you. So oh, it's, yeah, um, okay, I get that. But... Speaks very well. Yeah. And um, I was one of the guys that questioned you were, when he came over as well. Yeah. But um, his performance on Friday, warming. warming. Yeah. He's had a load of injury issues with his foot and everything like that. And, um, you know, hopefully now we can get a run of games and see where he goes. I he's, mean, he's a good player. He is a very good player. The big worry is, is how is he going to play without a beard? Cold. My goodness me. What does his chin look like? <laughs> this is the thing. Alistair Hargreaves, you've never seen a worse chin in your life, ever. Never, ever have you seen a worse chin. Right. Mine's obviously chiseled. Chiseled chin. No doubt. <laughs> if you want to donate to Brad's beard shave, you can find the link for his GoFundMe page in his Insta bio and Loose Heads uh, doing some great work. So check out looseheads.co.uk to find out more about what they do and also what their partners, Team Mental Health, are doing. Uh, they've developed the wellbeing and sport program and are directing funds towards teaching children of primary school age how to manage their emotions and are helping to improve mental health as kids grow up. Should we have a look at some other premiership games? Yeah. How does Northampton go down by 50 points, second team in the comp to, to Exeter? Yeah, I mean, there's getting your asses handed to you, then there's having your pants pulled down as well in the gym. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many kids were that one? Well, if we're talking Sam Vesti, there'd be a few because he would have gone inside out, back to front, in your mouth, back on your legs. Yeah, I mean, who gets 50? Oh, just shows how good extra are. Yeah. That's the thing. And Under the radar, aren't they? Did you predict them for not top four? <laughs> we laugh and joke. No, no. I, I revoked that in the same conversation and put them back in the top four. So, I mean, the scoreline again says it all, doesn't it? How many people have extra lost? How many players... I just think they've recruited so well. Yeah, Slade. Obviously, uh, Hoggy's Hoggy's away with Scotland 
Uh, Jack Knowles injured. But you look at the profile of the team, it comes down to recruitment, I think. Yeah. You look at it, and we, we mentioned the players that they've got uh, before, but you look at the backbone of the team, you've got like Harry Williams, for example. Luke Cowndickey's away, uh, yeah. away with England. How good is he, by the way? Yeah. Jeez. He's hard. Mate, I mean, he's he's proper, isn't he, to be fair? Um, you just look at the profile of the team, the backbone of the team. They have got the best squad of players for week in, week out. That's why Exeter are so good. And we mentioned the evolution for them was Europe. That's where they needed to add a little bit of quality. With Hoggy, you get that. We'll see late in the later stages of the Champions Cup how far they can go with the quality that they've got. But in terms of workmanlike performances, week on week on week, they just deliver. And that, for me, is the diff- most difficult thing to do in the Prem. All right, they've put 50 oh, on Northampton, but it's their consistency of performances yeah. that impresses me the most. What they've got to deal with is actually getting, once you're in the playoffs, which they will be, getting to that final and then getting over the line and winning it. Because they've only won it once. They've been in the last four finals or something, I think. Um, and the one they won against Wasps, they shouldn't have won. Yeah, it was a silly penalty. I don't know whether I mentioned it before. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing. So, But you're in it to win it, right? So, of course, they've won it. Uh, but there are question marks. But it's a different question mark over them now. When, once you get to that knockout game, when you're the favourites, uh, can you handle the heat? And uh, I'm sure they will be able to. Are you worried about Leicester still? They still don't sort of seem to be getting any better. No, they don't. Mate, they... Um arguably shouldn't have beat Wasps and they got humped by Sale. Sale are very good, well yeah. impressed with Sale. They're just, are they getting better and better? They got beat by Sarri's second team last week, but at home, very, very good. I just don't know, this this season is a little bit weird because what we're we looking for from Leicester, are they, are they, what are they looking for? Are they looking for top six? I, 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 I don't really have, know. I, I would say as a minimum requirement that have gone into the season saying, we can't finish 11th in the Premiership like we did last year. No. We're going for top six. Let's be realistic. You don't go from 11th to 1st, uh, you know, from one season to the next necessarily. So they'd, they'd have been thinking top six. Now, there's a long way to go in the, in the Premiership. And you know, I think they're still desperately trying to get Steve Borthwick to join them at the end of the Six Nations. I think he'll have a massive impact. His detail's phenomenal. Where is he? As a coach. He's, where, I know I know where he is, but proud for me old Moeka, me old side boobs. He's getting loads of love off Eddie Jones. Loads of love. Isn't right. he? He's, he's, he's getting tapped on his like when they scored off the line out. They're like he's getting tapped high fives. Where's Borthers, the poor bloke? He's on a ladder somewhere outside. <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? Going away to sale on a Friday night it is difficult for some teams, but Leicester just weren't in the game at all, were they? I mean, they're on sixteen points now. So let's be honest. Even I'm not a mathematician, and I can work out that Sarri's on minus seventy two eight catching them. Um, <laughs> but then you've got Worcester Warriors on twenty points. Oh, poor Quinns. They're only on 23. Poor lads. Um, I can't see Leicester finishing anything higher than 10th. I don't know. I'll tell you what. Gloucester have fallen off a cliff, haven't they? Yeah. As well. Yeah. Quickly. I don't know what's home, happening. Home defeat to Exeter last week and then losing away at Irish. Irish are good, though. Again, we spoke about... Irish are now 6th. Yeah. Well, they won 3 on the spin or something like that. But uh, the, the Irish team, again, it's a quality team. When they're all fit and playing... Coleman, you're Coleman, welcome. mate, told you. You're welcome, Coleman. Mate, and Coleman, I, I, listening back to the podcast before, my point about Coleman wasn't the fact that he wasn't good. My point is that he's, he is on £900,000 if rumours are right. That's my point. Mate, he could be a half a million pound player and we might say something, but we wouldn't really flinch. Mate, he is £400,000 better than what I was. So, <laughs> a season... <laughs> Should we have a look at the rumour mill? Oh, what we got? Well, one got announced today. We like him. We like his dad, Cameron Redpath to Bath on a long-term deal. Ka-ching, ding, 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 ding. A few hoovers his way. Um, Goody, what else? Good, Ed, that's mate, good sh- signing. That is very good very signing. good signing. Surely there's got to be some whispers at Wasp. So there was talk of Rob Howley. There's talk of Dave Walder now. There was talk of Joe Worsley. I'm hundred to one. You're twenty to one. Who's going? Come I'm, on, I'm having it for twenty to one. Put your money on... Uh, you can't put your money on me. Uh, they're taking their time. So I, th- I think from what you hear around the club and, and what they've put out in the press, they've got to give the, this coaching team time to you know put their stamp on it as you know Lee Blackett's acting head coach. Um, and then they just... I presume they're deciding whether they go the DOR and head coach route and maybe you could oh. make an argument for Lee Blackett to be head coach and then a DOR above him. Or you could bring in two new faces or you could just bring in one face with three other backroom staff. Who knows? Lots of decisions to be made that someone will make with um, you know, maybe a bit of help from the Andy Good suite. Anyone else? Toby Booth could be leaving the Harlequins. Head coach at Ospreys. Good coach, Booth is. Good bloke as well. Yeah. Um, so that's a rumour. 
Ardy Severe to Rugby League. Oh, Ardy. How hard is he? Mm. How hard is Ardy? What about his TikTok? He's gone from me from being the hardest bloke or one of the hardest blokes on the planet. There ain't many of us out there, but we're out there. But I ain't on TikTok, but I saw something. You know this new app these young kids are, yeah. are on? And he's doing this dance. He, I mean, mine, he can move. He, he's got a bit of movement in them joints. But I'm like, what the? What is this? Would you have a dance off with him? Why well, a dance off with uh, Scott, that, Scotty Robertson? That was embarrassing for Why? you. Mate, he told me to hit the deck. I'll hit the deck. <laughs> Would you not? The next uh, All Blacks coach. Yeah, if definitely. he tells you to hit the deck, are you hit the deck? Yeah. And I hit the and I'm deck. Ba- I'm bouncing off my belly. So, mate, rugby league, mate, do what you want. Do what you want when you're that good. Any other rumours floating around? Uh, Jack Singleton to Gloucester. Short-lived, eh? Short-lived yeah. at Saris. There'll be a few of the Saris ones that filter out. Ben Earl, Max Malins, talk of them going to Bristol's. Bristol's. We said Bath, I think, for Ben Earl last week. Who knows? The agent's just giving us them to get bump them up for more money. 50. Ugh. Right, well, shall we finish things off with the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is brought to you this week by Suns, isn't it, Goody? It certainly is, and I've been using their products over the past week, and the shampoo smells amazing. It usually takes three months to see results, but I reckon I'm looking better already. Jim, you need to um, use yours, don't you? Well, I've been starting to use mine properly, so I've been reading the instructions. That doesn't sound like shampoo. No, that's vitamins. I've been taking vitamins as well. Vitamin B7 or vitamin H. Don't worry, good. You won't know what they are. So I'm taking them. I'm putting the shampoo that doesn't smell like poo in my hair. Uh, the missus ain't said anything yet. She's asked me what I'm doing because normally I groom, but I don't really groom. Like I'll, I'll shave my beard, I'll brush my teeth. You don't brush your teeth, mate. Once a week I do. <laughs> Courtesy wipe. I'll clip my nails now and again, and that's it. I don't even put gel in my hair. And now I'm taking vitamins. I'm putting shampoo that don't smell like poo in my hair. It's oily. It's lovely. It smells good. And... I can't yet sit here and put my head down. One, because my neck's too stiff. But secondly, I don't want to. I want you to see the new me soon. It's going to thicken up, Jim. It will thicken up. Please, please. I am begging, begging you out there, sons. Come to me, baby. Sons is a men's health brand that helps guys with one of the key issues that they don't often talk about, how to keep their hair. No, no, I'm speaking about it. Well, you are. But most men don't. Why? They provide a range of pharmaceutically licensed and medically proven products for preventing hair loss that deliver results in 9 out of 10 men for a reasonable monthly cost with no hidden costs or charges. You can take the free online consultation with specialist physicians in less than 2 minutes and their pharmacy will deliver to you within a few days. So, show hair loss who's boss and go to sons.co.uk and use the code RugbyPod10 to get your first month for just 10 quid. That's S-O-N-S.co.uk and the code is RugbyPod10. It's RugbyPod10. So go and check it out. Yeah, good. Plenty of good this week. Uh, we'll start off in the Premiership with London Irish getting their fifth win of the season against Gloucester and moving them into the top six. And particularly, Ollie Hassel Collins scoring all four of the tries. You ever got four, Jim? I've got hat trick against India. There That's we go. Basically five tries. Uh, that was pretty special. Although he did get his pants pulled down the process. He had a lovely arse. There's a few arses around this weekend. Um, so, well done the Irish boys and especially Ollie Hassel-Collins. What else was good? Ah, Hoggy's try. Let's go to the Six Nations. The Guinness Six Nations. Stuart Hogg's try. Absolute worldie. We've put him in the bad for a couple of weeks, perhaps, uh, for his ball slips. Slippery balls. Leds. This, and his Leds. This time, he uh, has gone around the outside. Around the outside. He's absolutely skinned Hayward. Poor bloke. Uh, but a great finish. And he definitely held it firm and dived over the line with it, didn't he? So, well done, Hoggy. Good bounce back. Uh, we'll stay with the Scotland theme. Edinburgh. Oh, the, hashtag always. Yeah. Hashtag always. They won again. Yeah, we did. Connor. Top of the Conference B. Mm. I think they've won six out of their last seven Guinness Pro 14 games. There you go. So, they are on fire. Um, what else was good? We'll go back to the Premiership and Exeter. Absolutely pulling Saints pants down at home. Uh, winning 57-7. Uh, obviously, we're going to mention my team. France. The Mighty Wasps. Oh. The Mighty Wasps spanking your Saracens, James, 60 points to 10. Yeah. I mean, there's spankings and then there's absolute big time spankings, Matt, if that's the thing. Matt, I was happy. I was sat there with my ribs and drinking a, a nice quiet beer, watching it unfold. I wasn't happy for the boys, but I was happy. It's a good day. It was a good day for Wasps. Good evening. Uh, so yeah, Wasps get a mention in the good. Uh, what else was good? England, brutal physicality. Was there, Eddie Jones? Mate, it came, mate. It came. Uh, dominant performance from us. Maratoji, ridiculously good. On the edge of being given penalties away, but he was phenomenal. Played the referee perfectly. Uh, England's kicking game was sharp as well. Elliot Daly had a good game. Uh, so good to see. Uh, but the good this week, hold your breath, ladies and gentlemen. 
I can't mind. Stinks if I hold it too long. It stinks if I hold it too long. <laughs> the oh. goo this week has to go to France. A huge away victory from home. Untermack was unbelievable. Uh, he was class. He controlled the game perfectly. Sean Edwards' defence, his impact, and Fabian Gautier with his suit and white trainers on he looked pretty cool as well uh they've turned them around and the grand slam is on so uh, a big shout out to the french i love everything about french rugby i know ali 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 what's what oh no france see france, france uh so that's the good the bad uh plenty of bad actually uh we'll start off in rome italy versus scotland just the game oh mate come on i thought it was so dull uh, such an average game to watch well, mate, the, the england Nations. island game was hardly a great game to I, watch I, I didn't say it was i didn't say it was is it in the bad it's not in the bad no <laughs> uh that was pretty dull but also what was pretty bad and in the bad uh italy being nilled at home they won't be happy with that um what else was bad saints who takes 57 points these days clearly a bogey monster there we go sam vesti saints took 57 uh what else was bad saracens taking 60 oh oh uh-uh. Uh, so they were pretty shocking. Uh, Leicester got hammered 36-3 away to sale. That was pretty bad. Uh, but the bad this week, unfortunately, goes to George Ford. Why? Scores his try. Goes to boot the ball into the crowd as hard as he can. And he's thinking top tier. He's thinking this is going top tier. Off his shin bone, off his 50p foot, bang. Straight in the face of a chap in a wheelchair. George Ford. You need extra kicking practice for that. If you're going to welly it into the crowd, you've got to go high. You can't go near the disabled seats at the front. It's not on. Did the guy flinch or not? He's square in the face, mate. Have a look at it. It's awful. Uh, So unfortunately, the bad has to go to George Ford for that one. Uh, The ugly. uh, Only one real ugly thing that happened around the game of rugby this weekend. There were some hits at Twickenham that people weren't happy with, uh, especially from the Irish boys. But the ugly were the scenes at the end of the Wales versus France game. Biggest constant chat, and then he's hit someone late after they've kicked the ball away, and it's all kicking off, and it's just unsavoury, isn't yeah, it? Bigaroo was a little bit off, you don't, I would say. Yeah, you don't need to see that sort of thing at the end of a game. So the ugly goes to a collection of Welsh and French players for the bagar, not baguette, the bagar at the end of the game. Thanks, Goody, and you guys have got a couple of shout outs to finish off with, don't you? Oh, yes, we have. Something popped into my DM, actually. DM. I'm ju- just wondering whether I can. Get a shout out for my friend. He's also called Jim. He plays hooker at school. He's turned scrum half. I mean, go figure. At university, and he possesses one of the biggest bushes that the side of South Yorkshire have ever seen. And that's his mate, Ollie Campbell, nine, who's obviously a scrum half, who's giving him a shout out. Is that a shout out? Or just, just for a, a bush. Just oh, absolute abuse. All for a bush. But mate, it best be big is all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, we've also got a big shout out to everyone at Gosford All Blacks who are raising money for Reese, uh, who unfortunately lost his leg above the knee due to complications after an injury sustained playing in the last game of the season last April. Uh, I actually spoke at the Gosford All Blacks dinner uh, a few years ago, so uh, it's a great club. He's now taken up wheelchair rugby, but as a second row, doesn't fit into the wheelchairs that the club have. Uh, so the club are raising funds for a wheelchair and then anything additional will be split between the GB Wheelchair Rugby Charity and the RFU's Injured Players Foundation. So check out www.justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash Reese. that's R-H-Y-S dash wheelchair for more details. And is there another? Yeah, I've got another one. Goody's new friend that he met in the ship yesterday and we're going to give him a shout out. Yep, we got a big congratulations to Jack from Barnard Castle and Gemma who got married on the island of Mafia um, just off Tanzania. I mean, imagine if it's rough there. Probably not, probably lovely. Anyway, uh, and they're on their honeymoon at the moment. Congratulations, guys. Mafia, innit? <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Producer Tim. Thank you very much for listening as well. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Mafia rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Pod, pod, pod.